Welcome to the Conscious Creative Podcast, your weekly dose of soul-to-soul conversation that will have you saying peace out to your nine-to-five to explore in your sacred calling. The topics center around conscious business and interviews with the folks who started them. We'll be exploring the art of being human and what it takes to live your life fully expressed and financially free. I'm Christina Gomes, and I went from high-paying job as a psychotherapist to leaving it all behind for my desire to travel the world playing my original music, to becoming the CEO and solopreneur founder of FreeYourCreativity.org, where I help visionary leaders create the businesses of their wildest dreams. If you have a sacred calling, stick around. My prayer is that you become the permission slip for the collective as you hear the soul-inspiring stories that call you forth into creative action. Let's get to the soul. We are live in Wild Wealthy and Well-Known Soulpreneurs for a very, very special treat. It is the new year, 2023. I love a change of seasons where I live in Lake Atitlan. The seasons don't actually change. We have rainy and we have sunny. So this is actually our summer and our sunny season. And I feel the change of the season though, as everybody's like posting and reflecting and gearing up for something new. You can like taste it, the energy. Me personally, I'm chilling. And today we have a lovely interview with my friend Echo. And I'm gonna invite her in and we're gonna get started. Good morning, Echo. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good. I just did some yoga, so I'm feeling. Oh, you're feeling so yourself. Yes. <laughs> My oh. many selves. Yes. Oh, I love it. It's already the interview is going just as I would hope. Like, we are some deep chicks, Echo and I. And so I wanted to invite Echo here to share her story. I have a few questions for her, but this is the first interview of this 12 day, like 12 days of Christmas, 12 day of funness uh, interviews that I'm hosting with amazing people around the world. I've handpicked some homies and some past clients. And I was actually in Echo, one of Echo's programs. And I really just want to have this week uh, be a place of inspiration for my audience to feel like they can really make their dreams come true and in a more concrete way, like have offerings that change lives that people want to enroll in naturally. And I have seen you just all over the world And it's like, you always have something cool going on, something that you're offering people. And I really feel like it comes from this like heart-centered place. And I want to give just a little bit of insight into who you are for the people. And then I'll let you, I'll ask some questions of you. But Echo, of our Echo movement, sound and evolution. She's my friend, really. So I might add in my own (laughs) little sprinkles. And I've also taken one of her programs, but She's been on a path and on a research for over two decades. And I was just in a writer's retreat with Echo. And she's talking about her teenage years in this bio. But I got to hear some beautiful uh, stories from Echo. And I just want to say you're an amazing writer. You're an amazing sister. And I just want to give the opportunity for you to introduce yourself and tell the people who you are and what you're all about. Mm, Thank you. Such kind words. 
I need you to do all my intros. If you could do all my intros, please. Yes. <laughs> well, what I'm about, it's always an interesting question, right? I think for many of us that are very multifaceted and like multi just interested in, in the human experience, it's, it's always interesting because it's such a complex question. But I think for the most part, like I'm just a seeker. I'm a seeker of all sorts. And I am like a student of life and I'm just ravenous for new information and new knowledge and education and experience and story from, from other people. And I think that like the subjective experience that I've had in my life has taught me so much about dancing with my own shadows and seeing my challenges as opportunities and stepping into what is and letting go of the preferences of how I want things to be because I've seen in life, like I rarely get things the way that I want it, and, but I get it the way I need it. You know, like throughout my life, there has been like this fantasy of the very imaginative, imaginative child of what I want to see. And I always get something so much grander and more beautiful and more rich but there is this disappointment so much in my earlier life of not getting it exactly the way I wanted it and a surrender to actually trust life. Like I really trust life and I, everything that I get is what I need. And it's a lot of times what I don't even know that I need until I just allow it. And so I've learned to fully surrender to the flow of life. And that doesn't mean I'm not making choices. I'm still discerning, but I trust that I'm supported. And I think more than anything, that's really who I am, is someone who trusts life and feels supported by life. And that doesn't mean that it's always easy and that it's great because it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like that is going to be a theme over these next 12 days. It's something that I talk about a lot. like the more and more that we trust that things are exactly the way that it's meant to be, we can see the opportunities to deepen. And what I'm hearing too, is it doesn't stop you. If things don't work out the way that you thought they would, you see the redirection, you pivot, you're fluid like water. And I'm sure that that is one of the reasons that has led you to be able to produce so much, like literally a producer of music, but also producer of all these amazing events and programs. And that's my specialty is helping people to craft a program. And so when I see you just like out there in the world, uh, like all over the world, like how are you putting together a program in, in this new country and over there in that new country? And you always have this like, uh, like this stream of creative flow is what I see from you. But I wanted to ask the first question that I'm asking everyone is what were you actually doing before you made this like being of trust, your full-time gig, and, and this human that walks a very amazing alternative path. What were you doing before that? Well, I very much thought I was, I wanted to save the world in the way of working in law. So I went to law school, like I, I did my master's in public administration and political science. And there was this desire to save the world through institutionalism. And that didn't serve me. It felt very rigid and dogmatic. And, and in a way, I found myself on a path that felt more fluid. I felt very boxed in by, by the institution and by materialism in a way that just didn't feel um, comfortable for me. And it, it, it felt repressive. I felt it in my body when I was trying to be in those spaces. And there are still beautiful moments of that in education and like the path of going to college and university. It helped me feel directed and focused because I was such imaginative, 
young child and like young girl and still am. So it gave me a sense of commitment and grounding, which I really needed. And so I think that all parts of our path, even if it feels like it was, there was suffering in it and it felt repressive, I find the silver lining in everything. And so there are lots of things that college taught me and maybe I'm not using my degree, but the the tools, the resources that I learned about showing up and about being committed and about doing hard work, that serves me still, still to this day, even if I'm not using my degree. So that was a prior life. You know, I had to go through a few lifetimes to get to where I am now. Amazing. That's, that is such a powerful story. I resonate so much. I also got a master's degree, felt rigid, left that life, walked barefoot around the world. But I got the opportunity also to recommit to like actually uh, having something in the world that I created that can serve. Just like uh, like you, when I was in your program, I really felt like this like college professor vibes. And I love that. I feel like because we both went through that and I found it fascinating and fun. I found college years fun. Same, just like I'm not using my degree. I still like the sitting in the classroom and receiving a transmission from a professor was something that I got like helped me as I become became a client in programs and like or like watching a um an interview like this. Like actually if everybody wants to kind of like like remember and recognize what a transmission and a gift it is to just receive wisdom and words from people that offer you the benefit to to shift in just these minute little ways that we don't even see the result of for years and years and years, but can shift the way we think so that we're not so kind of stuck <laughs> really yeah. in the mind stuff, in the mind game. Amazing. Amazing. So we were talking about who you were, but and who you are now as this human of trust, but what kind of things do you have going on? Like what like you do a lot, you produce a lot, but what is really like in your heart right now to share that you offer? Well, so the, I'm, I'm thinking of the distillation of that because I was talking to somebody um, the other day about this and they talked about all the different branches that I participate in. And so there is DJing and there is producing music and there is, I have a yoga school and I do trauma therapy and like integration work. I do medicine work and Somebody was saying, you know, there there needs to be a focus. You need to have a focus on like one particular thing for mastery and genius. And I said, actually, they're all the same thing. You know, they're all branches of the same tree. And I was like, in reality, they're all about presence. When I make music, it's about having the listener and myself so present with like the elements of the music that you kind of lose yourself in it and come into unity with like movement and find yourself at home in your body. And the same thing that when I'm DJing, I'm, I'm present with the people on the dance floor and we're becoming a collaborative space of like, how do we create a journey together and come into this like pulsating sense of like energy together through the movement. And the same thing with yoga. It's like, how do we come into stillness and slow down life and come back into presence and meditation and trauma work? It's like, how are we present? with what we're feeling inside and being honest with ourselves, and take accountability for maybe the insecurities come, that come up or the fears. And it's all about coming back to presence. And so 
what I realized is over the years, I've had a lot of people kind of project fear onto me about, well, you've left law school and you've left like this strategic path that you have to do all these things. And you're this life hobbyist. And what are you going to do with that? And, and now writing the book as well, it's like all these different things. And in reality, it is all presence. And so the other day when someone went, was again, I feel like trying to talk me out of the way that I live my life and that I need to be more discerning and just focus on one thing. I thought, no, like that's your path. And my path, I actually can hold all of these things in one space. And I learn just as much as my clients do when I'm like leading retreat or I'm doing training or I have these programs, their subjective stories and realities of what they're going through lead me back to like the same human conditions that I experienced because I'm also a human. And even if I'm teaching people and facilitating and creating spaces of coming back into wholeness, there are moments that I forget my own wholeness. There are moments that I forget my own tools and resources. And so it's this symbiotic relationship of creating a container where, yeah, I want to give you the tools to come home to yourself, but you're also reminding me to stay at home in myself. And so what I'm the most excited about right now is, you know, this book that I'm working on is on trauma integration. And it, it, it is my story and it, are, it is the very real life things that have happened to me. But it's not just my story because my suffering is not unique. You know, it's, it's a different flavor of suffering, but we've all felt lonely. We've all felt abandoned. We've all felt rejected. So when I'm telling these stories, I invite the reader to step into my shoes and rewrite the names, you know, create their own like have their own characters and tell their own stories through it so that we can all come back into presence of what we're feeling, whether it's overwhelming, whether it's numbing, whether it's dissociative, how can we feel like the vast array of the human experience and have the tools and the resources to be okay when we're not okay, to be like, fuck, this is intense. And then just to be like, I choose this, I choose this too. And those words have come to me so much in different ceremonies and meditations and yoga and on the dance floor. It's all the same message. It's like, I choose this as well. Oh, wow. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing what I'm like sensing for my audience too is like, I work with a lot of multi-passionate people and putting together an offering, one offering, it, it's, it requires presence, intention, packaging it up and speaking about it in ways that are like uh, interesting and fun for their audience and attracting clients. Like we, I see people really bogged down by even one offer. And so I'm noticing like how really when you accept and choose and also like just know that not everything is going to be perfect, but you're here for it, that this is how you're able to hold and serve more than one offering. And I loved what you said too about that's their path and this is my path. Because I, I like when I, I see some transformational facilitators that have many different offerings across many different niches. And I see people when they come into my space have been trained to be like, I need to have a niche. I need to have a niche. And I'm going, we, none of us know what that word means. <laughs> this is the word that be, just people are regurgitating this word is not it's like what does it mean and of course like we can break it down it means specialty and you specialize in presence in all its forms and you specialize in also uh i specialize in creativity and i see that you specialize in creativity and all its forms and when you are multi-passionate you're creative at heart 
you can't help but create. One mm-hmm. thing that I help my clients to do is like package up all of the gifts into one offering so that they can feel really satisfied by one offering because it doesn't have to mean like, okay, then I'm only teaching yoga in this offering. And in your offering, there's like all these pieces of echo and different human experiences where like, okay, today you might be moving with yoga, but tomorrow you might be writing and the next day you might be singing and now you're banging on the drum, (laughs) banging on the drum, you're playing music and it's all (laughs) part of like this (laughs) creative expression. Like you said, this pulsating beauty. And that's how I see people's offerings of like, let's not get so like, I'm a yoga teacher or I'm a DJ. And so I have to, people told me to stay in my lane. It's like my humanness is my lane. Like I'm like more of a tree, you said with many Mm -hmm. branches rather than like a highway. That's just Mm -hmm. like, they told me to stay in my lane. So here I am just trudging down a lane. Like, no (laughs) freedom to express yourself in all forms. Ah, thanks so much for sharing. Hey there, visionary leader. If you're resonating with this message, I'd like to invite you into your next level life and business. Enrollment has begun for the Conscious Creative Business Immersion. This is my signature group container to help you design an offer so delicious, so juicy, so based on your soul gifts that you are thrilled to invite your soulmate clients inside of it. I'm going to teach you how to promote this offer with a ton of heart and to sell out this offer with ease to meet your revenue goals. I would love to have you inside if you are a visionary leader who knows that they are great at what they do. You'd like to collapse the timeline on how long it takes to reach consistent income with an offer that you truly love. Go to the link in the show notes to apply for the Conscious Creative Business Immersion. I will be sitting with your application individually, and I will send an email to let you know if you've been accepted in a few days after application. Thank you for trusting me with your vision, and I can't wait to see what we co-create. So something that you, what you just said to me that, that I want to reflect on is, you know, our social engagement systems, like the networks that we exist in, um, people don't mean to do this, but a lot of times if you don't put yourself in a box, people will want to put you in a box so they can understand you and they can relate to you. And so I have, I have empathy for that. And I can see that when a lot of my friends, they want to put me in a box because it's like in a way they want to protect me. And they're like, okay, so you're a really great yoga teacher and do that. And you're going to succeed and focus on that. Or you're, you know, you're going to produce music and this is your path. And I have to remind people and it's taken like a decade or two to really stand in my power where I'm like, I actually don't need you to to, to define me. And I don't need to define myself. And thank you for your reflection. And I appreciate that. And I'm going to choose how I want to live my life. Because, 
you see people that succeed and, and I can look at you and I see how you succeed and I can go, okay, I want to do what Christina does and I'm going to show up this way and I'm going to do all the things that Christina does. And maybe that's just not authentic to how I show up. And so many of us are banking our success on what our successful friends are doing and how we can copy them. And whereas copying is beautiful and that's all life is copying, you know, we all inspire each other. It's important to be authentic to who you are. And like you said, your expertise is that you're a human, like, you know, you sing and you create, and you're also a businesswoman and you work with finance and with structures, but to say, okay, well, I'm good at this one thing. And that's the thing I have to do it cuts you off from like the extraordinary vastness of what you have to offer. And so I really encourage people to not get stuck in the dogma that they're an expert in just this one thing, because so many people, you know, I, I will teach Tai Chi in my practices. I'll do Qigong, I'll do breath work or dance meditation or yoga. And some people like that come onto the programs, they love one element of those and that's their thing. And they're like, thank you for that. And if I was fearful because I wasn't a Tai Chi master and I didn't teach that or offer it, that person would miss out on that medicine that I offer. And so I encourage if the intention is there and you're doing it in a safe way and it's not out of you know miseducation, offer the things that help you and that are resources for you. Even if you're not a master in it, but you do it with intention, people will receive it. The right people will receive it. So don't... Um, don't put yourself in boxes just because other people want to put you in boxes to feel safe oh, and relating. <laughs> I love that so much. So you know that I'm a funny gal. We're both funny gals. And this is like how I see astrology. I love it so much. And I even joke with people like, let me just like, it's because I'm a double Virgo. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let me just pick, like put you in this box. And then I love absolutely watching people break out. Yes. <laughs> you think I'm a Leo? Like, wow, like I miss. Like, and it's like, it, it's really beautiful because I see the humor in the human condition and like you do as well. And like, it's, it's so sweet. It's so, it's so normal. And that's why people I feel really are naturally attracted to both of our work because I'm really going to help people people to see themselves, <laughs> like see themselves as glorious gifts from God, and then mm -hmm. do actually what they want to do with those gifts mm -hmm. as they expand other gifts. Like maybe we don't actually have the gift of marketing. We think that, but you all actually have the gift of language. You are naturally born to the thing in human and children and humanness that we are gifted it's it language that's why we're both writers like we're in a writer's retreat together like really seeing that and so if you can talk to people then you can market yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, so I wanted to know was there a big turning point in your life when you knew that you had to leave the law school thing you had to kind of leave the box break you know break out of the box moment was there a pivotal story? that you might be able to share where you decided, I'm going to go full time. I'm really actually going to trust <laughs> and just offer and, and let that financially support me and also like support my dreams. Mm -hmm. Well, interestingly enough, you know, I think about where I'm at now at 38 and every single step that I've taken or not taken has like led me right to this moment. And there are a few, I mean, gosh, there's so many, like one thing a student told me once in my, one of my trainings, he was like so apt and so excited to teach yoga, but he had, he had no yoga background. He was coming into a training 
fully brand new. And he's like, hey, at least I'm failing forward, right? And I loved that phrase, like failing forward, because he would just mess up, but he would give it his all and he would really just go for it. And I had that same mentality. You know, I, I, in the very beginning of life, I was just such a perfectionist. I was the athlete. I was the, you know, top of my class, top marks. I needed everything to be perfect. And I just went for it. I tried my hardest at everything. And even though I was a perfectionist, the way that I became a perfectionist was that I wanted to try everything. And I wasn't, I wasn't um, held back from being not great at it at first, because I truly had the belief that if I gave it time, that it would work out. And there was a point in graduate school where I had a really well-paid job. I was a marketing director, actually, while I was going to law school. And um, the director wanted to give me another woman's job. There was a woman there that had become a dear friend who had, she had trained me. And then I had kind of outsold her in some of the spaces and the director wanted to go behind her back and give me her position. And I remember always having really strong values and like really valuing the women around me as well. And his, his ability to just discard her so quickly for money because I was going to make the company more money um, maybe quit my job. Instead of taking the promotion, I actually said, yeah, I quit. I don't want to do that. And he's like, what? You can just keep your old job. And I thought, no, if this is the company I work for and, and this woman is so discardable, I don't want to, I don't want to have this job because at some point I'll be discardable as well. And I remember at a very early age, I think I was 23, I saw my values and I saw, I saw, really what was important to me. And I thought, I don't want to work in this kind of institution. I don't want to market in a way that I'm going to walk all over people. And I already had a love for photography and a love for videography. And so this is before my, my life as the, the yoga teacher. But I thought, I'm going to make it as a videographer. I'm going to make it as a photographer. And so I gave up all the money and I followed what I felt passionate about at the time, which was making art through photo and video. And I definitely took a huge pay, like a pay cut. But there was that belief in me that if I tried long enough and my heart was really in it, that it would be fruitful. And it did take time. And I did become really successful. And I was at the top of my game when I again did the same thing. Like I was at the top of my game with video and photo. And then I lost my passion for it because people wanted free things. They didn't want to pay me for my time. And I found my spiritual path with yoga. And at the same time, I made the same choice of actually my morals and what I really care about is more important to me than making money this way. And I thought, I'm going to be a yoga teacher and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing. And so it was a lot of these moments of failing forward where I would try things. I would make it to the top of my game. I would get to that glass ceiling and I'd be like, I've learned what I need to learn here. My morals are now being kind of checked. And I want to go on this new path. And so each time there was a space of, do I want to choose money and power over the thing that I'm passionate about? I would drop out of, at the very top of my game in many spaces. So like with law, with photo and video, and then it led me to yoga, which I never thought would be something that I could succeed in, in the material world. I was like, I'm just going to be a poor spiritual teacher. And this is going to be my life. And over 10 years of just sticking to it and sticking to my morals, I built a yoga school and I built like a whole community. And now I'm watching that rise and I don't have to 
forego my, my morals and my integrity. And so I'm like, oh, it all paid off. And it was all about being okay with things not being easy in the beginning and trusting that in time, if I mastered it in a certain way, I would be able to do the things my way in my integrity in my moral values. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. Thank you so much for sharing. That is so beautiful. I've been having a lot of behind the doors, behind the scenes conversations with high powered women, my clients, and speaking to this around what is the point of money if our soul is dissatisfied. And I love talking about the difference between deep money decisions versus cheap money decisions. And actually, like we think cheap, like, oh, less, less cheap is less. But actually, you can make a cheap money decision by like staying in this company that doesn't fulfill you or just like knocking people down or marketing in a way that has people in their fear. And that's not who we are, but that is how uh, traditional marketing is taught, like put people in their fear, like, um, like let them know that there's only three spots left. And I just feel <laughs> like if you are actually excited about what you offer, that people are naturally going to feel that uh, your care. And that is way, that's a deep money decision where, it, you know, the, you're in a state of overflow, no matter what the bank account says. And that, that leads to a very magnetic state where people naturally ask how they can work with you, where people naturally, um, see a post, the, the magic of the world, like, yeah, there's an algorithm, but we have, I'm such a Virgo, but system of like, we're operating in that way of what we feed the universal fractal of life. We are being mirrored back. And if we feed it, like our morals, our values, our words that are uplifting somehow reaches and touches the person that's meant to co-create with you in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Your choices in life. Mm -hmm. All right. So we are about at time, but I do have one more question. Do you have time to answer it? I do. And you've also uh, answered it so beautifully already, but really kind of distinctly for folks that are watching that are on the edge of like leaving, quitting a nine to five, maybe doing that brave move that you did. of just like, I know this is not my path. I quit Um, to live a more creative existence or on the edge of like really putting their offer full out there and trusting. I wrote down trusting, of course. What would you say to that human? I would say that the most important thing that you could possibly do when you're stepping outside the boxes and into your own path is that the very, very first thing outside of business decisions is finding like deep self-love and self-worth. Because if there are limiting belief systems existing in your your psyche and that you feel that you're not worthy or that you're not lovable or that your words aren't, aren't important, that will paint every single thing that you do. And that's like the very first thing to me would be having psychological resources, like have a therapist that you talk to, have a support team, make sure that you're doing self practices each day of meditation or mindfulness or limiting belief work to really check in with yourself that you like love you and that you trust you and that you surrender to like the genius that you are. Because if there's that inkling of doubt, it begins to bleed out 
And then we, it, we take things so personally, you know, when we get into like creating our own path, if somebody writes us and they're interested in working with us and then they back out because of financial reasons, we take it personally, like, oh, am I not a good coach? Is this not a good offering? And we put that energy out into the universe. And I'm in a place now where if that happens, I'm like, cool, you know, do you, when you're meant to do this work, uh, you'll be here, but we're not, we're not grasping. We're not reaching out and being like, I need you to validate me as a coach or as an entrepreneur, because that's going to give me a sense of worth. We have to know that we're worth it regardless if we have one client or 20 clients. And so if you're having any self-worth things or any doubts, like find a resource, find somebody to talk to and do that work alongside of being like that powerful business woman that's like reaching out and giving people an offer. Ooh, I love that so much. I really say often I praise my coaches and my therapists. You know how much I praise my therapist. When I was in your amazing program, I was like, yeah, I just had a therapy session, like crying and then then get the added support. It was like a day of just being supported with in depth. And I Mm -hmm. really, really wouldn't be able to do this work if I wasn't checking myself consistently. And what I want everyone to know is taking it circle back to what Echo said in the beginning is like, we may look like powerful women that are offering things without any worry and full trust. But it's because when I have a doubt, I have friends like Echo or coaches or things when I have a little doubt or when I am taking it a little personal, I have somewhere to clear that space. So I'm not just letting the personal things like fester because we get to take it back. Mm-hmm. to the original wound when we're not projecting it on the very human person that maybe isn't ready, but we, we feel rejection or abandonment, like mm-hmm. you said, and, and that that is normal. And you want a space where you feel safe to say, running a business is hard when you're sensitive and mm-hmm. powerful. And mm-hmm. there is power in your sensitivity. And I, I say this often as well, though, like, we don't want to just find different scenarios to project our childhood wounds on. We just want to work through our childhood wounds. Mm-hmm. If we don't have a fun relationship to project our childhood wounds on, maybe we go and try it on out on our business. And I am in consistent checking myself as a self-coach, but also with mentors. So mm-hmm. I know the echo is for hire. I know that I'm for hire and that we really believe in you. So I mm-hmm. wanted to give you the space as we close to offer anything that you'd like to the people? Where can they find you? How can they reach out if they want a space to really be seen in in their wholeness? Thank you. Well, in that resourcing, it's a great time to plug Detangling the Human Heart. Um, I do do a program. It's a month long, which Christina did. It's called Detangling the Human Heart. And that starts in February. It's going to either be like mid-February or March. Um, So it's a full month, four weeks, and it's all around like all this self-resourcing, attachment theory, codependency, speaking about nervous system regulation and how to come deeper into presence with self so that we can see succeed at the things that we do and also the relationships that we enter into. And I also do a 200-hour and a 300-hour yoga teacher training, which is trauma-informed and movement-influenced. And so that's online at the moment, and it starts in June. And it's five months. And then there's one that's a hybrid that begins in July that will also have a two-week intensive here in Guatemala where we're tuning in from. And so, yeah, these things, you can find them at echoflowyoga.com. And I am Our Echo on Instagram and SoundCloud if you want to dance or move with me. 
And yeah, that's just a little bit about where to find me. Yeah. So amazing. I'm going to leave all the links uh, after this session in the descriptions, just like you said. Thank you so much, Echo, for being yeah. here. And we are in the same town. So let's go meet before you head off to Japan. She's going to Japan snowboarding. Like, yeah. what amazing friends I have. What an amazing <laughs> life we live. Like, in between detangling human heartbreak, like, just sliding so down a mountain. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I'm super appreciative for the work that you do in the world. So I see you, sister. Thank you for being a part of my life. Oh, all right. I'll see you <laughs> soon. I'll come find you in the town. <laughs> all right. I love you, boo. Love you. Bye. Bye.